Ladies, ladies a leisure, ladies, ladies a leisure, ladies, ladies a leisure, leisure. Hello and welcome to Ladies of Leisure. I'm Lisa and I'm still the only one here. So unfortunately, Slajana is still recovering. Not so unfortunately, she is with her mom. And if you want to see some ridiculously cute pictures of Slajana and her mom, you can check out her Instagram. She was making these beautiful dough things in her apartment. And as someone who has been over there, it was adorable. So while Slajana can't be here, she's in a beautiful place. And the word of the week was sloth. And one of the reasons I chose this is because uh, I feel kind of sloth-like. And a couple of weeks ago, we had a guest speaker who wanted to point out that being a lady of leisure, especially when you have a word of the week, is really hard. And it requires a lot of mental load. You're not always, what is it? Uh, you're not just leisuring. And so I decided to take a step back. I knew I was going to be doing the word of the week alone. So I thought sloth was pretty good if you're just going to be by yourself. I will also point out it's sometimes hard when you have children to also be a sloth. So let's start off with what does a sloth of leisure look like? So of course, in my little mind map, I also love sloths. They're one of my favorite animals. If you want to see an adorable video, which I found looking for this, Kristen Bell, the actress who was one of the voices in Frozen, she apparently loves sloths. And I, I want to say it was Ellen brought a sloth over to her to, to touch and she loses her mind in an adorable way. So going back to what is a sloth? Lady of Leisure, you move very slow on things. It's no longer this, it's almost the opposite of one of our pillars, which is to be productive. But it's not because I'll get to the, how I did that later. But moving slow on, it's not a race, uh, speed reading. So sometimes I can speed read through something that was not the tenant of this week. It was to move slowly to maybe enjoy things. Although when you watch sloths move across a road where they live in South America, it doesn't it doesn't look like they're being mindful or anything, but I made that part of the sloth of leisure. So moving slow and doing things that are not necessarily enjoyable. No, that's wrong. They're enjoyable, but they're not, they, they don't contribute to productivity. They don't contribute to, let's say they're, they're just for your own personal pleasure. And so, and the reason I clump some of these things in, cause you could be like, well, that maybe falls under delight. That's maybe laugh out loud. I decided to do things that some people might find lazy, including myself. I love them and I enjoyed them, but would I put that as a sloth-like behavior? Yes. And so one of them was video games. I decided to reinvest myself in video games. And another sloth of leisure is just doing nothing. Just for the sake of doing nothing. I, I didn't work out 
there was a workout, even though it was on my list every day of things to do. I, if I didn't get to it, there wasn't this, I'm a sloth. I don't have to work out. So it's, it's fine. We're fine. We're all fine. So the other thing I did that I think some people will laugh at is I'm only reading two books. Normally I could be reading like five. So I put three aside and I focused on one nonfiction and one fiction. And I'm going to start there for today and backtrack to some of the other sloth-like behaviors because it played a huge part. So the book I chose, and I had been reading it a little bit, was Four Hour Work Week. I thought it was perfect for this week. So it's by Tim Ferriss. He also did Four Hour Body. If you've been listening for a while, I mentioned the slow carb diet that I did. Actually, I think this time last year. So he's done a lot of experimentation. The other reason I picked it up was four hour work week sounds exactly like a sloth. Like they would only come in and do four hours. But the reason I had chosen this book, a podcast that both me and Slajana really love a lot by the book, Jolinta Greenberg and Kristen Miser, they talk about a book a week and they live by it. One of the books was four hour work week. And while they didn't want to really like it, Tim Ferriss comes off a little on a bro side, but you can't argue with a lot of his results. And it's, it's, if I hadn't done four hour body, I probably would have like rolled my eyes at this, but he makes it hard for you to fight back on some of the tenets he brings up in the book. So for instance, he points out as part of your four-hour work week, stop going to meetings with agendas. Sure, that's fine. But then he points out tactics you can take with your boss on why you shouldn't go there. He calls it the puppy dog sale, where you say, hey, listen, I got a lot of work this one time. I'm just going to skip it this one time. Please, please, like, you know, I'll just try it. Can we just try it for a week? And so you make it hard for your boss to say no. I currently am in a job where I decide like what meetings I go to and and I get that choice. And I realized, well, I mean, I don't need to do that. But if you actually look at some of the time waster meetings I was going to, I was going to them for the sake of going to them. And what the book puts out there for you in plain language is a lot of things you're doing. So related to meetings you have to go to, friends you have to see, kid activities, you're doing anything related to sidebars of your life, they're probably not achieving anything amazing in your life. And there is a possibility that you could get out of them and nothing would fall apart. He also has a TED Talk that talks about the fear of something is greater than the actual act of doing it. Meaning... If you go over, your brain goes over, well, the reason I can't quit my job is everything will fall apart. And that's an extreme example. But he laid out one of the reasons why he wanted to take a year off from his own personal business. And he realized the fear was more fearful than the actual act. And everything turned out fine. There was nothing detrimental 
but it's always this worst case scenario. And so I tried to implement some of these things during my week as you, as we're wont to do on the show. A couple of the exercises at the beginning, you know, besides, you know, cut down on your meetings, it was also try to stop having, and again, it's four hour work week, so this is related to work, but you can always relate this to friends and family and other things. Try to stop having everything come to you that doesn't need to. If they need your approval on something, just empower them to do it without you. You're probably not the single point of failure. And you should just own that. And it was funny because we were talking at work about there's this newsletter that goes out every day and you know, you think you would have permission to email all the employees if you have an important announcement. But no, there's one person, the guardian of this newsletter. And if you don't get on the schedule, then you're off. And really there shouldn't be like one person. There was another instance, one of my buddies was in town and he told me that he lost permissions to his work computer because he updated his file. And instead of just an updated computer, you know, algorithm just being like, oh, this is the update. I will now fix it. There's a dude in North Carolina, several states away that has to go and hit yes. And it can take 24 hours or it can take two weeks, which is what my friend found. So don't be that bottleneck was the major point. And it's like, do you actually want to be that? That is taking up a huge amount of your day. He used a lot of sales pitches where he pointed out that for his business, he was dealing with clients that were just demanding. They didn't buy always. They put him through the ringer and he just felt bad after dealing with them. But when he looked at his data, he was finding that three customers were creating over 70% of the revenue. And he's like, great, I don't have to deal with these other people anymore. And so he was willing to take like a 10% loss because in his mind, he was, uh, he was spending hours focusing on these other customers when the top three were just fine. And dominating the sales. So he said goodbye to those customers and now he has his time back. So that's what I was looking at I, at work was how could be, I be more sloth-like where I'm not focusing on these tedious things and I can just focus on what I actually wanted to do. What I actually wanted to do was work on one project. I took a Slajana tenant, which is to only have one project. I actually had two. So that's, I didn't go quite that well, but I had two things I wanted to get done this week. And I got a quarter of them done. Like, uh, it's not great. And I went in every day with like a new tactic. Like, oh, I will now only check my email at 12 and 4 because it turns out if you keep checking email, it distracts you. I've mentioned the statistics on here before where if someone distracts you from something It's about 23 minutes for your brain to get back on track, which is constant at my job. And so first day, day one of me trying to implement this, I had a bunch of people just show up unannounced at my desk, which the Tim Ferriss book said, avoid this at all costs. Unfortunately, that's my job in HR. And I've also done it to myself 
where I say people can just do that. And it's also an environment where people are encouraged to do that. I, I don't know that I would get rid of that. I enjoy it. And I, the whole point of being just sloth-like is to do enjoyable things. So I had to think, well, Tim is saying, get your time back, but this time I think is well spent and I enjoy it. So it's not killing me like some of the examples he gave with terrible customers. One other thing he did in the book was put reminders on his calendar that said, are you inventing things that are keeping you from the important things? I did that. They just mostly made me feel guilty because like I said, I only got through a quarter of my things. But, you know, I could see them being helpful. So I'm going to leave them on my calendar just to see how it how it continues. And then the other thing that I struggled with, and I love doing these things, so I'm really surprised. He had a section called dream lining. Much like how people worry about fears, he pointed out that when people say, oh, I wish I had time or I wish I had money, I would do, I would conquer my dreams. What he forces people to do is actually put their dreams on paper to a timeline of six months or 12 months. And what you have to do first is come up with five things that if money was not an option, because that's the whole point of the exercise, and you had the time, write five things that you would buy or that you would do or that you would be. So an example would be if you have a dream car, a Tesla that you want, that would go under the buy category. And you could put like five things under there. The only thing I could come up with for buy was I want a pinball machine, but I feel like I have to be way more specific than that. And then, and we can go into why I want a pinball machine. I've always wanted one. My mom was like super good about taking us to arcades and she liked pinball machines. And then I thought they were cool. And now every time I see them, I just, I just love playing them, but I'm not terribly good at them because I don't get to play them that often. I feel like I could become a world champion pinball machine player if I only had one. But if you check it out, they're thousands of dollars and some of them are dumb themes and all kinds of stuff. We'll get back to that. But I I really struggled. I was like, well, I don't need a new car. I got this really sexy minivan. It's so great, but I actually do really like it. And I'm not a car person. I guess a house like me and Alex are looking at houses, but it's also on like a longer term scale. So I was like, yeah, we can get that. It's achievable. I'm not, that's okay. So how hard is it for you to come up with five things that you would want to buy? And maybe it is easy. Like he threw down like two cars and he wanted to buy like some other like small venture thing. It was very surprising to me how hard the buy part was. And then being, so you want to be a good chef or you want to be karate master or you want to be... So I put down, I want to be a coder. And oh God, we've gone over this even last week. So I put that down. And then the other things I put down under doing was you want to take an international trip or you want to go skydiving. You want to... So those are more actions. Then what you do is you go to the more 
So the fluffy ones are the bean. So if you say you want a good chef, what action would you put on that? You, you do Thanksgiving dinner all by yourself for 20 family or friends. That would be an example of an action. And the point is that you're defining your dreams and then you can lay out a timeline of, well, what do you need to get there? And he has worksheets and he has all the things so that you know you can make this happen, basically. I, oh, and you're only supposed to focus on like two at most. So the two I chose to do long-term was my two goals that I've had for this year. I want to be a writer, which would mean I finish a novel and I am in shape. And that means I defined several types of exercises I want to be able to do. A flexible split, uh, 15 real push-ups. So, so you put actions to them. And that's, those should be your two focuses for the next six months. And then you lay out your timeline. So you could start by like, I'm going to write for five minutes every day. It doesn't sound revolutionary. And like, I probably, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you probably already hear that me and Slijan are are pretty good about trying to work on our habits and everything. So it's not like we started from scratch, but much like the podcast I mentioned by the book, when they lived by this, one was one of their goals was to stop smoking. Surprisingly, when you see some of the techniques that he mentions in the four-hour work week, combined with seeing your dreams laid out in an achievable manner, along with, because I didn't mention this, the money aspect. Like many of your dreams, unless you're doing the being the beans stuff is a little easier. Some of your dreams are achievable with very little money input. Obviously, if you're buying a Aston Martin car, you got a little bit more, but he actually goes through that example in the book. So the real helpful thing I got was I'm taking a purge, I guess it's not a purge, a, a one-week break. So Sloth was a one-week break from social media. And that was one of his tips. He said, just take a week. Don't do news. Don't read magazines. And this was also a little bit of an information purge. And his point was that much of the stuff you read, and me and Slajana read a lot, is not helpful to your long-term goal. And you don't retain it very well. And it's true. If I don't write it down, if I'm not cognizant, I'm trying to think of even something I read last night. Oh, I mean, I happen to remember what it is, but I won't remember in like two days. It was 15 memes associated with the Dexter TV show. And that was probably about two minutes of my life. I won't get back. But, and it really was impactful and the, the memes were just, eh, it was fine, whatever. He was saying, stay off stuff like that, but listen to as much music as you want. So you can listen to music, but not radio. Don't listen to podcasts. Oh, that's super hard for me. And it it's those type of tips that he gave in the book that were probably the most helpful. So if I found myself picking out my phone 
for a reason. I had to make sure I wasn't going to social media, that I was searching for something that I needed. So if I need the Metro schedule, I was just pulling up the Metro schedule. If I needed driving directions, get that. And then you're focused on, okay, well now I gotta, I gotta do this. The funny thing is I was walking into work one day this week and one of my buddies was also, and I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm reading this book for our work week. I'm trying to implement. He's like, I read that book and I actually tried to implement and I took notes and it was, it was great. I was like, did it work? And he said, parts of it did. And you fall back quickly into old patterns, but he's like, yeah, I thought it worked. And he did a lot of the things I mentioned today. Don't go to meetings if they're not necessary. Focus on people leaving you voicemails so that you can listen to them and maybe email them back so you encourage them through email. And he said, there was one day where he walked in, he completed all the stuff he had to do. And then he realized he had seven and a half hours left of his day. And it he said it was almost scary. He was like, because I had to make sure I didn't invent stupid things for myself and I come up with the important things. And so now he has a day of telework where he works on training for himself and he says it's it's really helped. So I had been sending him messages throughout the day to be like, I have already had three trust falls and have checked my email uh, before 12 o'clock and stuff like that. So for accountability, as you know, I like to do the accountability threads. So yeah, so that was for our work week. Uh, The other fictional book, going back to Sloth. So that sounds a lot like I was trying to cut out work and it was. I'm still reading Harry Potter. I'm on the third book, Prisoner of Azkaban, almost done. I only have been reading that for about an hour a day. My other sloth-like activity took precedence over that night, which was my Star Wars pinball video game. So I have a Nintendo Switch. I love it when I play it, but generally I put it off to the side because I'm trying to be more productive. And if I get sucked into a video game, that doesn't seem as productive as I could be at that moment. So I decided, you know, it's sloth of the week. Let's pull this up. And I saw that there was a Star Wars game, love me some Star Wars. And like I mentioned earlier, love pinball. So the game comes with every movie and major character has a pinball. There's a career mode. There's like a lot of modes on this thing where I'm like, I I just want to play pinball guys. The little flippers are at the top. They took some getting used to, but overall I have been playing at least half an hour, if not more. And there was a point where I was a true sloth, where I was walking around the house, making sure my kids weren't murdering themselves as they were eating their snacks and and playing and roughhousing and playing with all their toys. And I was just walking around playing the pinball. And there was a point where I couldn't stop. I'd have to move my finger too much to get them milk and they had to wait an extra minute. Good. Waiting's good for them. It's fine. So yeah, so I truly enjoyed playing that video game. And then back to the workouts. Yeah, I would get up. I So I have been watching on Netflix, Dead to Me. That was another one of my sloth things was to make sure I also got some TV in. But TV that like I wanted to watch. So me and Alex have been watching Dead to Me. I have one more episode left. There is, and it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Christine Applegate's great. 
So one of the guys in the show is the love interest from 27 Dresses. He's juicy. But in one scene, he wakes up in the morning, goes straight over to his little trampoline and starts jumping. And he says it's good for his lymph nodes. So that was the only workout I've really done in my sloth week was it's good for my lymph nodes. I'm just going to jump. And I think I probably get in about 10 minutes a day of jumping. It's in between here of like, sometimes my kids kick me off the trampoline, rude. And then in the mornings, I I have tried, I was like, well, if that guy can do it, I mean, I'm well on my beach body. That guy's super fit. And all he does is his lymph node trampoline, which is obviously ridiculous. It's a TV show. It's not bad. I'm sure my lymph nodes are better, but you know, that's, that's about what I've mustered. Also, we've had significant quality of life improvement this week at my doctor's appointment. I no longer have to wear the pinky wrist guard anymore for my broken pinky. So now I can start having less T-Rex claws and more full mobility of my, my hand. So it was also in my interest to not do anything that involved like push-ups or using my hands and everything like that. So overall, I think it was a solid decision to not choose to go and work out. Other sloth-like things, you know, I've been taking much shorter walks. I don't need to power walk through everything. So even at work, just taking like a five-minute break, just reading slowly. Like I said, I can power through some books and some articles, but I'm choosing not to. And I'm choosing things that are only interesting because that's what a sloth would do. They wouldn't waste their time because they move so slowly through enjoying everything. So yeah, so solid week on my sloth capabilities. I would say, well, we'll give myself an A minus. And as some of the guest speakers have pointed out, I should be easier on myself. For kid activities, I guess I should say, I did not schedule the heck out of my kids or myself because they're like four and two. So there's not a whole lot of scheduling problems yet with all the activities. But my husband actually took the kids on more activities. He signed a four-year-old up for soccer and he's been taking him and they're having daddy bonding time. Beautiful. I only like took my kids on a couple like walks just up to the park, nowhere crazy. Didn't really schedule play dates and they seem perfectly happy. So I don't have to bend over backwards just to make those happy. So yeah, A minus, solid win. Anyway, so this would be the point where we go over our three pillars, but I basically told you burning the buns didn't happen. Productivity, I would say has gone up, e, especially with my writing. So in the mornings, because I am not listening to podcasts, I'm only listening to music. I finally got my bliss station taken care of. Oh man, this was a huge productivity win. Over the weekend, my coworker and I both wanted to clean up our basements and we were texting each other on progress. I now have seven bags that are going to Goodwill, two pieces of furniture, And she had also way more. And it was an accomplishment. I do have to say, knowing that someone was going to text me and want to know, did you do anything? Solid win. I did send her a picture of all the lamps 
And it was very evident that like our house just poops lamps. We have so many lamps, but I got my bliss station taken care of. And that's my desk with my pegboard and my cork board. I used a bunch of stickers, which is usually a problem for me. I hoard my stickers. So Jana would be so proud of me. And I also was able to sit down and write for a solid 30 minutes and it was productive outlining. And so I'm well on my dream of writing that novel, Tomatillo Gardenia. I had about five scenes written. And the problem is if you wake up and you're not doing it sequentially, you're kind of like, oh, I'll pin these together. And so finally sitting down and writing out the full outline of the novel, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I can use the five scenes I have, but I'm going to need some like here and character development here. Here's some snarky. So it felt really good to finally have that laid out. So yeah, that would be my productivity. And then laugh out loud. Oh, I got it. It's the Power Rangers from 1990s. We just got to, me and my kids just got to the Green Ranger, Tommy, who I loved. He was fantastic. But he, he like kidnaps the Red Ranger and they're doing these karate moves. And it was so cheesy. I was just laughing out loud. And one of my kids uh, was like, what? What's so funny? I was like, oh, I mean, the Green Ranger is just doing random karate moves in a foggy fog machine room by himself. It it just seems weird. He's just there like going, uh, 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 I'm going to get you. And it seemed really, and he was in the basement of like Rita, the evil villain he works for. So it just, he wasn't nearly, he's, he my crush was basically that guy who lives in the basement of his his mom. And I was like, yeah, all right. It's not the same as I remember. So that, check out Power Rangers from the 1990s, which I'm watching it on Netflix, but it's amusing. Anyway, that finishes up our pillars. So next week, hopefully, Slajana will be up to doing a podcast. If not... I'll be back here or one of my guest speakers will come back. So we'll, we'll be here regardless, but my hope is that she is. And I hope you guys have a great week. Follow us on Instagram. Send us a message at contact at ladiesofleisure.net and LOL.